I want to teach you the exact steps that I've personally taken and have now taught hundreds of therapists to take to generate new leads online week after week to fill the empty slots on your calendar. Coming soon, it's the Digital Marketing Made Simple course for therapists. It's time for you to get control of your digital marketing and become the business owner you always imagined. If you're interested in the course, just go to thejohnclark.com forward slash simple to put your name on the list. Again, that's thejohnclark.com forward slash simple. Also want to tell you that today's episode is sponsored in part by Practice Solutions. Practice Solutions is an all-in-one billing company for all of your billing needs. Having a reliable biller on your side not only saves you time, money, but perhaps most importantly, stress. Um, This is one of those things that can be a real headache for therapists or you can get the help you need with it and do it um, with a team that you can trust. So if you're interested in working with Practice Solutions, just go to practicesoul.com forward slash John. That's practicesoul, S-O-L dot com forward slash John to apply. All right, let's dive in. On today's solo episode, I'm going to talk to you about my weekend in Asheville, hanging out with a bunch of awesome therapists and practice coaches, and then I'm going to answer three listener questions that were submitted via Instagram. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to the show. It's Monday afternoon, and I'm glad you're here with me today. Um, it's a beautiful day in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's unseasonably warm. And some people still don't think that global warming is real. Um, but if you were here in Charlotte, you would believe it because it's pretty hot. Um, all right. What are we going to talk about today? Um, today I'm going to share some reflections on my weekend, my time in Asheville, hanging out with a bunch of awesome therapists and other uh, practice coaches, and then we're going to answer some listener questions. I'm going to I'm going to intend to be efficient today, to be um, to be as concise as possible, and I'm also laughing at myself because I I must say this almost every time, and then. 43 minutes later, I'm like, all right, let's get into some questions now that I've talked about my cats for 20 minutes of the show, or now that I've talked about the weather or global warming for a couple minutes. Um, and then I feel bad about, uh, you know, potentially wasting your time. And then I realize I'm not wasting your time. Then I realize you could just fast forward if you wanted. I fast forward podcasts all the time. And then I remember that some of you guys like the banter which is the other funny thing. A lot of people like the banter and they say it's like one of their favorite parts. And once I started doing this banter where I'm just sitting here staring at a screen, watching the little wavelengths as my voice is recorded, which is kind of gratifying in a way. It really is. I can create these silences too, like this. You know, some, yeah, some people have said that they enjoy this part. <laughs> Um, I enjoy it. I really do. And, you know, some days I'm like, I should be more structured. I should dive in and, um, you know, just give them the three points and then close up shop. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm creating a podcast that I would like to listen to. 
that's that's the thing and it's to me it's kind of um i might have talked about this before but it's the same thing with like music right it's like uh, i'm a musician i've played music pretty much my whole life and i do think about like you know as i'm creating music who am i really creating it for on one hand i'm creating it for the audience on the other hand i'm also creating music that i uh, enjoy would enjoy listening to and creating you know creating for the sake of creating and for the sake of expression and and you know strangely enough this podcast has become uh, a form of expression for me and also a form of uh, of entertainment and a form of teaching it's kind of all three you know um, the first part tends to be a little bit more um, reflective or a little more about entertainment and the last part tends to be more about uh, teaching at least in terms of our solo episodes but uh, um, you know it's also kind of um, it's a journey. It's kind of like a, an audio, um, journal of, of sorts of just documenting my whole process. I, I do think about that from time to time of like, if I were to go back like 30 years from now and listen to this, all these podcasts, like it's, you know, it's like hundreds of hours of podcasts at this point, um, just compiling and compiling. And it's kind of neat because every, every episode is a moment in time and a moment in time that has come and gone. And, um, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. I I feel like we don't know what it'll be like 30 years from now to look back on the content we've created, especially if you have something as personable as a podcast with your voice in it or YouTube channel with your voice and your picture in it. Um, so I don't know that, you know, and sometimes when I do get discouraged about, um, just being able to keep up with content, keep up with the show and the other mediums that we are building. Uh, I remember that I'm really building, um, building a library, building a, you know, just kind of documenting these moments in time for me, for you, for the industry, um, et cetera. And I feel a little bit better about it. And it helps take the pressure off of me to feel like, oh, I've just got to simply entertain or simply teach, you know, over and over and over again. Um, which, which can be exhausting. So again, for people that, um, have, have kind of stuck around and are really enjoying the, this format of the podcast as it's taken shape. Um, I, I appreciate that a lot and I'm glad that this is a show for you. And you know, there's other shows out there too that are just a bit different, um, are quite a bit different. And sometimes those are good too. Sometimes that's what you're in the mood for. Um, but right now I'm hoping you're in the mood for a solo episode of the John Clark cast because that's what we're doing. Man, I went to Asheville this weekend on Friday and I hung out with some really stellar humans. Uh, my friend Laura Long, whom you guys know of your badass therapy practice, uh, Allison Perrier of Abundance Practice Building, and Kate and Katie from the Private Practice Startup in Florida. I had never met any of them in person, so that was pretty wild. And, and, I, and I swear, when I, so we show up and I met all of them all at once. And a, and, a, and a bunch of therapists all at once as well. Uh, folks from Asheville and surrounding areas. A couple people came from Charlotte even, which was great. Um, shout out to Courtney for making that trip and getting to meet you in person. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, um, you know, it was this feeling of like, all of a sudden, all these people that have been 2D to me for so long now are all of a sudden 3D and we're in person. And a couple things. Number one, I was like, 
kind of stunned by how much time I spend behind a screen and on a screen and, you know, forming these relationships with people uh, like these other coaches. But, um, but I don't know, you know, lacking that 3d dimension, that third dimension. Um, it was really, it was really wild. Mostly people comment on each other's height, which is funny. And by, by each other's height, I mean, mostly my height. Cause I'm, I'm pretty tall, I guess like six, three, but, um, you know, it's funny just to, uh, to see everyone in person and give everyone big hugs. And, uh, you know, it, it almost took us a minute to figure out how to interact, which was funny, or maybe this is just me, but this is how I found like, uh, figuring out a new way of interacting now that we're in person. So that part was, was, was very strange and a little anxiety producing at first. But then I think, you know, as time went on, we got warmed up and, and we started to get to know each other as people. And I got to talk to some really great therapists there um, and talk to them as people. Um, I got to talk to Hope. She was really great. And uh, we talked about music and didn't talk about therapy for a while, which was, which was, which was kind of nice. You know, I got to hear about her husband and his music career. Um, talked to Cindy, who builds websites for therapists and is just super business savvy and great. And, um, you know, I told her she didn't, she looked different from her headshots in part because she has these full sleeve tattoos, which I love. I think those are awesome. Always jealous of people with tattoos. Um, but, you know, just. I guess the power, you know, it was, it reminded me of the power of assumption that we make so many assumptions online in particular in both directions, right? I think people make assumptions about me based on a limited glimpse into my life or into my personhood. Maybe you just listen to the show and, um, you know, feel like you know me to some extent and, and to a large extent you do to another, in, in another extent, you we skip over some of the important parts. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's, it, you're just kind of jumping right into this moment of time in time of me um, talking about whatever is going on right now. We miss this opportunity to sometimes have small talk or get warmed up to each other. Talk about like, who are you? Where are you from? Like, who's your family? What's important to you? You know what I mean? Like, uh, what do you believe? Um, and, I don't know. I just think it's, it's really easy for us to make assumptions. It's easy for me to make assumptions about people in, in this world, therapists, other coaches, whatever. And it, and vice versa. It's easier for people um, who follow me to make assumptions about me. Talked all about haters in the last episode. And that's certainly a big part of it is I feel like there's a lot of assumptions and there's a lot of, um, misguided assumptions that happen online in part because it's online and you can be anonymous. There's no repercussions. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it, it has the potential to really separate us. So I think we have to, uh, we have to maintain the intention for the internet to be a tool to, to, to bring us closer together. So sappy, huh? so sappy right now, but, but I really believe that I guess. And it just, it felt like a relief to meet these people in person. I knew I needed it, even though I was nervous going into it, I knew I needed it and it would be great once I got over that initial kind of nervousness. And it was same thing for my, my friends and fellow practice coaches. Um, it was just like, we really got to know each other at a deeper level at a, at a personal level. And um, we kind of stayed up late and we're hanging out. Um, uh, just kind of going deep 
basically we ended up sitting in a, a circle in a hotel room and talking about our feelings. <laughs> Me and these other like, you know, badass entrepreneurs and practice coaches, leaders in the industry. Um, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> Ultimately, we're all therapists in the end, so that's just what we do. We were sitting in a circle, and I had mentioned this. Um, it's called the duct tape exercise that I did at Iron Sharpens Iron, my my mastermind uh, event in Nashville recently, where you sit there, and one person is kind of on the hot seat, and everyone in the group goes around, and you tell that person what you think, what you see as their superpower, their kryptonite, and their blind spot. And the person, it's called duct tape because you have to sit there with your mouth shut. And I guess you can use duct tape if you have a hard time doing that. Um, and it's hard. You have to take it in and you get to, it's revealing how people see you, you know, that, that always really, um, impresses me, especially when I think you have a content driven business, people make all sorts of assumptions about you. So it's really illuminating to get those tested. But I mentioned the duct tape exercise and everyone, you know, all of us were like, Oh my gosh, let's do it. Let's do this. It sounds so great. And like only a group of therapists would want to sit around on a Friday night, like after a night out and sit in a circle and talk about our feelings. <laughs> and so we kind of did that in a more loose format, but it was just really wonderful. And I think, you know, the receiving questions is a gift, receiving questions from one another is a gift. And this is what makes therapy such a gift is for people to just come in and even, and have someone take genuine interest in them and say, what's it like to be you? What's going on? How are you really doing? We miss these opportunities so much, um, today. And, and the irony is we are kind of, um, superficially always connected through our phones and texting and Instagram and Facebook and whatever. Um, but we miss opportunities to have deeper, more meaningful engagement. And, and I also think that's what drives up the value of therapy um, in, in, in the era of today. So um, I don't know. It's just, it was super meaningful for me. It was a great weekend and I loved um, just being there, hearing from people who listen to the show or, um, or, or what have you. It was just, that was really meaningful for me. So um, always appreciate when you guys reach out, give me feedback, both positive or sometimes critical. I'm, I'm willing to hear it all uh, as long as you're nice about it. And, uh, I just love hearing from you guys. It really makes this meaningful for me and it helps me feel like I can be myself more and more. I find that the more I am myself on this show, the more people like it, the more people reach out. So constant lesson for me and getting over this fear of being myself. What will people think if I'm truly me and then I am me. And people love it and they reach out and the numbers reflect uh, accordingly. So I'm, I'm still learning this. All right, let's just shift gears. Let's do some uh, listener questions. We've got three of them today and we'll get into it. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, but I, I want to plug again. Uh, the Digital Marketing Made Simple course is coming out very soon in the next couple of weeks. And uh, uh, Laura, my uh, producer, and I have been working tirelessly on this course. Um, there are five simple steps to, um, to digital strategy in private practice. These are the exact steps I've taken in building both of my practices. Um, these are the steps I have taught therapists and I've gotten clear on this model. Wish I gotten clear on it sooner, but I'm clearing it now. And, uh, I've created a comprehensive course to teach you these principles, these building blocks, so many neat parts of this course. Um, there's, you're going to get access to the copywriting software, the, your brand matters framework, uh, for copywriting, 
Um, the digital marketing made simple wireframe so you can figure out how to wireframe your website to create high converting pages, teaching you how to crush the Google game, all three sections of Google, um, how to, how to uh, start your content marketing engine, how to keep in touch with email marketing, how to track your numbers to know what's working, diagnose issues, and, and resolve issues uh, on the fly. So it's, I don't know, I, just, I haven't been this excited about something in a while. I feel great about it and I think it's going to add a lot of value to folks and I want to really grow this model over time. I want it to become the model for digital marketing and private practice. So um, if, if you are interested, get on the, the email list, uh, the interest list right away, thejohnclark.com forward slash simple, thejohnclark.com forward slash simple to get on that email list. So um, yeah, just wanted to, to plug that again. Um, three questions. Okay. First question comes from Connor on Instagram. Connor asks, where can I find clinicians to join our group practice? Yeah. Good question. This comes up a lot. I think for, for me, um, the, my, my best hires have typically come from referral, uh, or word of mouth or from people that I already know. It depends on also this, the kind of avatar of who you want to hire. There's two ways of going about this. I think you can either hire someone who is complimentary to you or your practice. Um, so they add kind of a different dimension, right? Or if I see a lot of teenage boys with anger problems, um, someone complimentary might be someone who sees teenage girls with, I don't know, depression or self-harm or whatever it is, or sees couples, you might add a new dimension to your practice. So um, a, a complimentary hire or a hire that is um, uh, kind of replicating you or what you do. So if I do CBT for, uh, anxiety issues. And, uh, I want to replicate that in my practice or reduce my caseload or, or whatever, or grow a specialty practice. Then I might hire someone who is quite like me on purpose. Just depends on goals of the practice, the demands of the practice, um, what kind of referrals are coming through the door, etc. Um, but I would always start with people, you know, in your community, putting the word out that you have an opening, um, going from there. I think it, one thing you want in, in a hire for a clinician group practice is accountability. You want to check their, ref, their references. Um, you want to make sure they do good clinical work, um, good administrative work too, if that's part of the gig. Um, and, um, I, I don't know. I just think that's, that's typically the best place to, to go. I think if you, if you're up for hiring recent, uh, grads going through, you know, talking to professors and local programs can be really great. To be honest, they tend to know who the stellar students are, the, the, the kind of standout students are. Um, so I would just ask them, who is your standout student, you know, of this class or of your recent graduates? And if you find the right person, they will just tell you. And that person, in my opinion, tends to be a pretty, pretty solid hire. Um, you know, ultimately, when you're, when you're interviewing and hiring, I think you do want to make sure that um, the, the hire has a compelling enough reason to not start their own practice or why they aren't starting their own practice or that they're not just going to join your practice for three months so that they can start their own or take their clients elsewhere. Now this is inevitable to some degree. Some people will do this, but I just think a, an important question to get an honest answer from is, um, why haven't you started your own practice? What's keeping you from starting your own practice, knowing that you could make more money that way? Um, there, there are people that will say, I just want to come and do my clinical work, or I tried private practice before, I don't like the business stuff, um, or I want to do this private practice on top of another job, 
um, just just make sure you're asking um, the right questions there in the beginning that you have someone who who truly wants to be a part of a practice um, rather than just um, kind of benefit from your practice in the short term and then leave I'm always looking for hires that are going to be uh, around for the long haul and and, and just communicating that I'm going to really put a lot into you. And so I want you to put a lot into this practice as well and make it mutually beneficial. So, you know, from there, I think you can do some advertising. You could do some local advertising for finding clinicians. Um, uh, Craigslist is, is um, something you can do. It's, um, it's paid to advertise for a job, but it's not too much. So I know people who have had success with that. And then of course, other places like indeed.com, um, I think you can have some success with. So those popular job websites, I think can be great. So, uh, hope that is helpful. Next question, Vanessa on Instagram and Vanessa and I, she's been, um, uh, she's reached out a couple of times. I always enjoy chatting with you on Instagram and, uh, she's always like sharing reactions and feedback, which I really appreciate. Um, she's asking, uh, can you, can you teach some MailChimp 101? So basically, you know, some uh, email marketing 101. Um, I'm gonna, I'll t- talk to you about a couple basic email marketing principles here that are applicable regardless of your platform. Um, I'll be honest, I am a fan of MailChimp. It, it happens to be what I use because it's easy for me to use. I like, the, I like the brand, I like the branding. It's a fun platform for me to use. I like the little monkey and I like how colorful it is. I'm totally serious. This is part of how I chose it and it has the features that I need and I can use them easily. So that's really step one in email marketing is when you're choosing a platform, figure out first, what are the features that I need? And then from there, as you're doing your search, start a bunch of free trials with different platforms. And your next question for yourself is how easily can I use this platform? How easy was it for me to learn? If it was pretty easy, if you like it, you like what you're seeing, you can get you know, an email list and a campaign off the ground pretty quickly, then that's a probably a pretty good platform for you to start with. You can always transition to different platforms later. It's really not that big of a deal. So don't feel like you have to be totally married to it based on the platform you choose at first. So choose a platform um, based on what you need out of it, the features you want to use right now. You don't need to get some expensive email marketing platform that has all these automation features and segmentation and tagging and all this stuff that you're just probably not ready for yet. Um, and then you want to think about building your list. So step one, build your list. I think the easiest way to start building it is to add current and incoming clients, of course, with their permission, make it a part of your intake process that you have a checkbox or something that says, Hey, we're going to add you to the email list with your permission. You can always unsubscribe later. And most people will say, okay, whatever. And they can unsubscribe later if they want. So current and incoming clients is, is the the best place to start when growing your list. Uh, step number two is um, install a lead magnet on your website. A lead magnet, fancy marketing term for you, is um, is just something that you give away in exchange for being able to put someone on your email your email list. If you're on my email list, you probably opted in through some sort of lead magnet along the way. You're probably if you're on other email lists, you probably did the same thing. You downloaded a lead magnet a free PDF or guide or special video series or whatever it is in exchange for uh, offering up your email address. That's the purpose of a lead magnet. So you want to have that lead magnet on your website. Um, You do want to change that lead magnet um, ideally every couple of months to keep it fresh um, and to see which ones are going to perform the best for you. 
But that lead magnet is really important. And a lot of therapists don't do this, but especially when you're paying to get more traffic to your site or you've invested in your SEO or your Google ads, et cetera, um, and you're getting people to your site, ideally they convert to paying clients, but that's a yes or no kind of uh, uh, situation. Yes, I'm ready to get started now, or no, I'm not, and they click out of your website. The problem with that is you have no way of keeping in touch with them. So for clients who are a maybe, you offer them this lead magnet that's a way of saying, hey, can we at least keep in touch? Okay, so that's the purpose of a lead magnet. Uh, step three is start engaging your email list. So many, I hear so many therapists that have an email list or even a great email list of um, lots and lots of subscribers, but they don't engage it. They don't know what to send or they're afraid to engage it or they're afraid to get um, uh, unsubscribes. That's a total missed opportunity. I'm focused less on subscribers and more on engagement. I'd rather have a smaller email list that has better engagement numbers than a huge email list that has terrible engagement. By engagement, I mean open rates and click rates, basically. Um, with that email list, you want to engage it roughly at least one or one or two times a month. Uh, again, just depends on your practice, your size, your goals, etc. You could engage it more. I think that'd be great, but most therapists don't have the bandwidth to, um, or it's not appropriate for their size. How do you engage it? Well, you engage it by just this. You just provide value to your audience. That's it. So in, with every email you send out, you think, am I providing value to my audience? Am I answering a question that my audience has? You know, is this an email that I'd like to receive if I were on this list? Um, we, we talk a lot about um, uh, starting your content marketing engine in the Digital Marketing Made Simple course, and we talk about email marketing. Um, but this is where your content marketing really comes into play. And once you have that content, circulating it through your email list, getting people engaged with that content, taking some of your email list engagement and converting it into web traffic, get more people to your site, great for SEO. Um, so you see, you know, and, and when you learn our, our, uh, our model with the five simple steps of the program, you see how all these things start flowing together and working well together, um, creates this really nice system that you can, um, that you can really fall back on. So that's basically it. MailChimp 101. You know, I think for most therapists, you don't really need to get, um, get wrapped up in things like automated, uh, sequences or drip sequences or, um, groups and tagging and stuff like that until you get these basics down. So these are the basics. So the question was mail, you know, what is some MailChimp 101? That's the 101. Um, you can get more advanced uh, from that after you get these foundations under your belt. Hope that was helpful. Next question is coming from Jessica on Instagram. I know you. Um, uh, her question was, what's the best way to use Instagram? Okay, so one thing that you'll notice, and when you take the Digital Marketing Made Simple course, is social media is not on there. <laughs> it's actually not on there at all. The reason is this, it's always, and it's always been this. As a therapist in private practice, I want you focusing most of your efforts on getting in front of people who are searching for a therapist right now. People don't go to Instagram to search for a therapist. So uh, again, I've talked about this at times. It's kind of controversial. Of course, here comes Elliot, my cat, storming my desk in the middle of the episode. Um, but there can be a time and a place for social media in your practice, but for most therapists, it's a waste of time. I've never used it to market or promote 
uh, my private practices and I don't really intend to. If I were to use it, I would just be using it for either just brand awareness, getting it in front of more people, if my group practice is large enough to warrant that, or I might do some paid advertising on social media. So really, really important to differentiate at all times between organic social media and paid advertising and social media. So if you're advertising on Facebook, you can easily um, check the box to have that ad also run on Instagram. Um, since Instagram is owned by Facebook. Um, so that, that's what I would say. And, and uh, let me say this. So if you are going to use Instagram, I think you need a few things. You need to have a clear goal. So what is your goal of using Instagram for your practice? And it can't just be, oh, I want X number of followers, or I want 200 followers, or 2,000 followers. To me, social media is less about followers. It's more about engagement. Same thing with your email list, right? So, but what is your goal? Is your goal just to get more people aware of your brand? Who are these followers, right? I don't know. I just, I don't follow my therapist on Instagram. I really wouldn't really want to. <laughs> and I'm saying out loud, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't really want to see what he's up to. Um, or like what kind of, you know, what kind of latte he's drinking or little inspirational quotes or whatever. So I don't know. I just, um, I, I think there's just so many other places that we should be spending our time and attention on, uh, in marketing our practice. I think you can go deeper into the more important components, crushing the Google game, having a killer website, um, keeping in touch with email marketing, uh, running your content marketing engine that's enough to keep you more than busy um, and really just make sure you're, 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 you're killing it um, with all this, um, with getting in front of people looking for therapy right now and staying engaged in, with your audience um, through other more effective platforms. So I don't know, that's just what I would say. Again, I, I recommend pretty heavily against focusing too much on organic social media unless you're a larger group practice and you know you're just kind of doing it for brand awareness or paying for ads on Facebook slash Instagram. Now, if you are going to use Instagram, uh, I mean, there's some things to know, right? So you want to do some basic hashtag research to figure out um, what hashtags are uh, applicable. Um, if you're promoting a, uh, an in-person practice, you want to use some regional hashtags as well as some content-based hashtags or topic-based hashtags. Um, and then again, I think you want to create engagement. You want to ultimately create engagement around your posts and around your account and ideally send people to your website or ideally to a lead magnet where you can capture their email address. I think that's the way to, um, actually use social media to get people onto your email list and, uh, warm them up to the idea of becoming a paying client. So, um, basically, yeah, I would just use Instagram as a way to get people off of Instagram and onto my email list if I were you. Um, Again, from there, I think it is about providing value to your followers, um, answering questions that they commonly have, um, uh, being real, being authentic, adding value to their lives if you are going to use it. Um, but again, you will notice, and um, when you take the course, you will notice social media is not part of the five simple steps. That is very, very much on purpose. I've thought long and hard about that and decided not to include it, and uh, I feel good about that. So ah, that's it, guys. You notice I go a bit faster on Monday morning. Sometimes I record Sunday. It just depends on when I'm feeling it. Um, if I'm feeling it on Sunday, I'll record on Sunday. If I'm not, then I force myself to record it on Monday because then I have to. It has to release today. So I go, go a bit faster. Um, I've had about twice the amount of coffee that I would have on a Sunday. 
and, um, you know, kind of recording here in between different parts of my day. So, um, tend to speed up a little bit, but anyway, I think that's it for now, guys. Um, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode as always reach out to me. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know what you think. Um, submit your listener questions for us on Instagram at the John Clark, um, or you can submit them, um, through the Facebook community thejohnclark.com uh, forward slash FB group to join that group. Um, yeah, that's it for now. Reach out, let us know how you're doing and submit your questions for, um, for next Monday's solo episode. And of course, stay tuned for Wednesday's uh, interview episode. All right, guys, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. Again, if you're interested in the Digital Marketing Made Simple course coming to you soon, make sure to go to thejohnclark.com forward slash simple to get your name on the list. And don't forget to check out our sponsors at practicesoul.com forward slash John. That's practicesoul, S-O-L.com forward slash John. All right, thanks for being here. I'll see you next time.